What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're looking at the instructions to Titus, the evangelist, and I think this may be the, the fourth. We're kind of using the same outline that I had last week because we didn't finish. Uh, we just got into the um, um, looking at the comments and the treatise written by uh, Brother uh, Jesse Mills that I uh, brought to you. It's these right here, what it looks like. Now, we embarked upon this study of Titus, and we find within that first chapter that it's dedicated to the setting of elders in every assembly. Now, I don't know about you, but I take the, the scriptures to be very... Uh, not only literarily correct and understood, but literally where they can be. Now, when if they were setting elders in every congregation, every assembly in the first chapter, why would we not be doing the same today? That's my question. Now, I know I, I'm going to get a lot of arguments on that in certain areas, but I've got... This, I've got the scripture on my side, and as an evangelist, really teaching something outside of that, I think is um, a little bit, a little risky. What's it say in verse 5 of the first chapter? For this cause I left thee in Crete that the things lacking thou mayest arrange, and mayest set down in every city elders, as I did appoint to thee. That's pretty clear. So we move on from there. Any man desiring or aspiring to the eldership in the Lord's church should know that this is a noble and honorable work. I think that goes without saying. They are clearly aspiring to the truth of God's word. As an elder, they're saying, I believe in everything God has said in his book. Not only do I believe it, but I'm able to talk with you about it, any of it, cover to cover, as they say. And they also, these men also need to be men that have prepared themselves for that task. Last week, we had just begun our survey of Brother Jesse Mills' treatise on the eldership. 
from his, his observations of Titus 1, 5 through 9, just as we read and we went over and we studied his observations of that scripture and, and the other relevant passages that go with it uh, are also included in his thinking here. Now, the reason I picked, picked his to go along with, because what I've been talking about is the scripture, the, how, what it says in the Greek, and my thinking about it, I wanted to put somebody in here that uh, had actually been an elder in a number of congregations, and a preacher, and a teacher, and someone who I have a lot of respect for, and, and an author as far as that goes, writing study books uh, concerning the Bible. Um, th- this man is exemplary, and he's, uh, we've lost him. I believe he died almost two years ago. Uh, he was born in 1928 died at 89, I think. Um, just a couple of years back, uh, if I'm right in that. Nonetheless, um, this, in this uh, handout that I gave last week, <clears throat> we have uh, a lot of his personal thinking in the first part, and I think it's very good. I want you to read all of this. I'm not going to read it to you. Uh, I just want to hit some highlights. I want you to read all of it, and um, just remember, this is, this is a Christian man. This is a man that um, lived a long life, did a lot of work within the church, and we, we started on what I, I have written here in this little page, page one, which is the last page of the introduction, but in page one, we went over the first four um, statements that he made. And he put this under the heading of, and I think the heading is great, because we're talking about the eldership of the church, a very important thing. We're going to need to have an eldership. So we need to understand these things the way that the Scripture wants us to understand it, with the help of other Christian people that have, uh, have a lot of experience in this, His first four, when he says it's under the heading, more dedicated men for better churches. Well, that sounds great to me. And when he says, number one, when I say more dedicated, that means that they have the interest of the church first. Does that mean they they put the church before God or the Lord? You know, I had that thought. See, this is the writings of men. You know, we write things. We're trying to say something that's very important to us, but you can pick it apart if you want. Pick it apart. But what is the church? Isn't it the kingdom? Isn't it the, the, the kingdom of God? That's what I've been teaching for years. We call it the church. That's just a word. The called out ones, it means. The assembly, I prefer. They have the entrance of Christian people where they live, where they, they are together, they have their interest as first. You see, you know what that is? That, you know, the word for that is they're selfless people. Number two, men who do not hold preconceived ideas and traditions. Good luck on that one. 
I can't honestly tell you I don't have preconceived ideas. <laughs> and maybe even a couple traditions, but I wouldn't admit to it. The, the thing is here, these preconceived notions are fine until we find that the Scripture tells us differently. Okay? When we learn, if we're not willing to change, to match up with the truth of God's Word, then we got a problem. And an elder can't be that kind of person. And the traditions, well, traditions really mean teachings, uh, but we've turned it into uh, a lot of other things. And we can have tradition as long as it doesn't violate uh, our, our brothers and sisters in some way. And that's how a lot of times it becomes exclusive to certain groups here. And we can't, that's just, can't do that. Number three, men who can and will discuss any issue, past or present, that God has spoken. Is that fair? That's fair, isn't it? Discuss it. Do they have the answer every time? Well, maybe not, but they're willing to find out the answer. They're willing to work with you and study and find the answer that you need. They're not going to say something like, you don't need to worry about that. I'll take care of that or something of that sort. My dad was told when he was a young man, when he was interested in the Bible, he asked somebody and they said, that's my book. You just listen to me. That's not what we're talking about here. Men dedicated to search the true meaning of God's word. Well, you know, if we, if number four, uh, in number four, we're going to find that it kind of takes care of the, the shortcomings of men in number two and three. If we're dedicated to search the true meaning of God's word, then we're going to find it. You know why? Because God in his word, in his wisdom, has given us his truth in his word, in the book, in the Bible, if you will. It's there, but we must be the ones that diligently seek him. How many people in this world are waiting for God to reach out and grab them and fix them? That's the concept of Christendom. That God reaches out and takes you. No, friends, from the very beginning, God expects man to seek him. You don't seek him, you're going to be one of them that say, I'm looking for myself. So you don't want to, you don't want to live there. These qualities are rare indeed for many men serving in the eldership, unfortunately. We, we have, it's hard to, to match up to even Jesse's observations that are based on the scripture. It's hard to do this, friends. Very hard. You know, elders are, are seniors usually. They're older men. Of course, older men, what is older man? An older man 2,000 years ago was 30 years old, <laughs> 35. Oh, they had older, older men, but they were, they were very fortunate. Men just didn't live that old, to be that old. 
Today, older men are a lot older than that, okay? Much older than that. So, uh, like they say, uh, 60's the new 59. Yeah, that was a joke. But nonetheless, you know, we, we live in a different time. Uh, so older men can be uh, quite a bit older. And they can also be younger because we're talking about senior men in the faith. Men who have been Christians for a long time, worked within the church, families within the church, things of this sort. True elders that are, are illustrated here by Brother Mills in the scriptures are truly selfless souls, as Brother Mills describes them. And you know, that's much like somebody else that I've read about. Who was the most selfless human being that ever lived? Would it not be Jesus himself? If you want a picture of selflessness, someone who had everything and yet denied everything that he had and did everything he could for everyone else. Everyone else. That's Jesus. Yeah, we want our elders to be men that act like Jesus, don't we? We really do. Come right down to it. I think these statements of Jesse Mills are provoking um, and add to it. Look on page two. It's the next page over. There's five more. Statements 5 through 10. Starting with the very first one, this, by the way, one of the, this is, this is where you start with the eldership. This is where the, the man that starts with the eldership lives, right here. Men who are willing. You know, in, in some large congregations, there's actually men that hear the, hear the news, hey, it's your turn to be an elder. Uh-oh. Now we got a problem, don't we? It's your turn. Do they really mean it's your bad misfortune to be an elder for a while? Because I, I think maybe that could be the case. It's your turn to have to stay and turn the lights out, make some sure the grass is mowed. Is that what they're saying? Well, it probably is in some cases. That's not what we're talking about here. Men who are willing, they must be willing and have time to research first century material to find the truth. That's just somebody who's studying the history of the Bible, the history in the Bible. Not only, only the Bible, though. There are other good historical things that it's really interesting to read. They're not the Bible. They don't hold the authority. I like Josephus from, from uh, the first century A.D. Uh, his writings about that I think are remarkable, wonderful. Good understanding of the time frame of the time of Jesus, the beginning of the church, the end of the Jewish covenant and the people, uh, and things like that. But Early church history, there's all books out, early church fathers and things of that sort. 
You read these books, you're going to find that when the apostles were gone, things very soon started to disintegrate as far as the polity of the church. You know, the, the way the church is structured in the New Testament? Christ is the head. He has elders in the church to shepherd the flock. He has uh, uh, teachers in the church to teach the people. And the elders are also teachers. Uh, And there could be an evangelist in the church. There's people that have talents and gifts from God to do all the work of ministry within the church. That's God's way. But in the first century... We already had things uh, that were, and, uh, and, and most of these men were uh, very, very good men, but they were called bishops. And a bishop, which is just another word for elder, but it was taken a little bit out of context, it was given a higher place than an elder or a, or a presbyter, uh, presbyterist. And then a bishop would oversee a number of congregations and the and that sort of thing. Well, that's a departure from the structure. Now, you know, in 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 large ministries today, we have ministries that are multiple thousands of people within a group, and you need you need leadership in those groups. So you have to structure it that that works, then that it does not violate the scriptures itself. Um, and it's difficult to do that uh, and not fall into some of the traps that some of the larger denominations have fell, fallen into. So these men, that's just a little extra, no extra charge for that information. Men who will not violate the autonomy of others and, ex- and expect his to be respected also. Doesn't that kind of remind you of... Uh, David's thing about the, the, the two laws that we have back there on our cards, the two laws. It's very important uh, that an elder have that thinking because, you know, that two laws, that's not in the Bible, it, but it is the Bible. It's how that we treat each other and live with each other, the, the two laws. Men who will not violate the autonomy of others, that's important, and expect also his to be. That's also the idea of self-control and, and everything. Men who are not, not reluctant to teach or preach themselves. That's our elders. Those are the men you can depend on. Well, our preacher had to leave. He, he, had to, he couldn't be here any longer. He has to go back to his home and take care of his family or his father or somebody. What happens to the church? You've got elders. You're going to have teaching. You're going to have preaching. You're going to have overseeing. It's nice. It's a luxury to have a paid preacher in an assembly. And they, have, they fulfill a good role with the elders as they work like this in cooperation in God's Word, in cooperation. There isn't any headbutting There isn't any uh, uh, different ideas. Those things need to be sorted out long before that situation exists of 
of, of an evangelist and the elders. It needs to be dealt with. But they're all teachers, and they're all preachers, if you will. Men who do not, uh, who do not practice the attitude of being ludicrous. You know what that is, don't you? I don't. What's ludicrous? Well, we know they're just not, they're not off the wall on something. They haven't went to seed on something. You know what I mean? That's what it is. That's Jesse's idea. Jesse must have really met some, some ludicrous people. <laughs> okay. Elders must show co- compassion and love in any discussion of God's word. How important is that? Well, it's the ultimate report. <clears throat> How many people, have you ever heard anyone <laughs> say, well, I tried going to church, but I, I really, I don't like uh, the, the things that happened there. I was, I was shunned, or I was this, or I was, I had a terrible experience in that congregation. You know, when somebody says that to you, they're probably telling you the truth, more than likely. It's, it's unfortunate. It shouldn't happen, uh, but, you know, but they do. What did Jesus say about the church? He said to his apostles, they will know you are mine by the love you have for one another. That's the idea of the congregation. If that's there, you're probably not going to have folks running out saying, you know, I, uh, I had nothing but trouble there. If they are saying that, it's maybe that they just have trouble with people in general, you know. Number 10, as God's anointed, allow the Spirit of God to be seen in you. If you're doing something for the Lord, and all of us are supposed to be doing something, we need to have the Spirit of God be seen in us. The Spirit of God. Are we talking about the Holy Spirit? No, we're talking about the Spirit of God. How God does things. Uh, like the, uh, a few years back, what would Jesus do in this case? What would Jesus say? How would he react to this situation? What would he say? That's a good thought. Before you give advice, is it the advice that Jesus would give? Is it the advice that God would want to have bestowed upon anyone? You know, God doesn't have people that he dislikes because they live over here or they look like this or some other reason. That, that's the physical. I, I believe God uh, sent his son to die for everyone. Okay? That, that's the idea. Those qualifications that people put in place, that is the reason the world is a nightmare of different cultures, hatred, and things of that sort, those things are, are man-made. That's not from God. That's not and should not ever be in the Lord's assembly, especially within the eldership. The eldership would be a place that the elder looks upon people as people, 
no matter where they're from, what they've been doing, or whatever. If they've got a question concerning the church, the elders are there to help them along. If they're a Christian, they are, they are instructed to be there for them to help them in any of their needs. He's got a few other things here, just kind of highlights here or things that people ask, the, like the number of elders. <coughs> well, God gives instructions for a plurality of elders to oversee the work of the church. Well, does he give instructions that way? No, it's because the way when we look at the, the way it's written, the grammar, yeah, there seems to be the, the plurality. The presbyterists, the elders are a member of a council. That's the Jewish, the Jewish idea of elders, member of a council. So, um, you know, if you've got a council, you're probably not going to be just one person. But what happens when your elders uh, die and you end up with one elder in the congregation or move away? You might have to rely on that one elder for a while. But, you know, being that one elder in a congregation is a little bit too big of a job for any one person. So that, that situation needs to be resolved. What normally happens is the eldership disappears completely in that, in that group. The exact number to be found is the, within the needs of the individual church. Some church need two elders or three, or some need, need a dozen, depending on the size and the, and the work of the church. There's no value in appointing a large number if they're not needed. That seems obvious. Number four I like, look to the future by establishing a training program for younger men. And he says that Young boys around the age of 10 years old should be observed and considered as being trained for this very thing. You know, that's the climate that I grew up in in, in the Churches of Christ in Iowa. That was our climate, to teach the young men. They, the young men were just expected to be Christian men in all aspects of the church, preachers, teachers, husbands, everything. We were taught to do that, and, and, and of course, it's beneficial. Number seven, from this selection, teach and assist uh, the training of elders through their residence within the church. You're teaching, you're teaching the young men to be elders within the Lord's church. Wouldn't that be obvious? But it's not really being done. Um, and, and it leads to, what it leads to is eventually there'll be no elders in the church. That's just all there is to it. Teach them the importance of Second Peter um, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Now, you can read that, that text, but this is just an idea of the condition, how an elder must, must perform and what the conditions they perform. So he, he, we're not going to look at all the things here. I want to get to his conclusion. But personality differences, you're going to have different personalities in different, uh, in different congregations, although some of the Midwestern churches in America are a lot more stable 
people tend to live there and and live they're born and they live and they die there a lot of them especially in my generation um and you didn't have that much varied background i mean you might have a a doctor a lawyer a you know candlestick maker or something but still their lifestyle was very similar um so various backgrounds training opportunities secular education their level of education is always something. Business pursuits and things. They make a different, make the personalities different. But elders should exercise the utmost long-suffering attitude towards one another. Showing the attitude of kind and loving father would build, would build a confidence within the eldership. This is how the elders treat, treat each other. Never show the attitude that it's my way or no way. And then we deal within the eldership, they have their own issues. How about a ruling elder? The head elder, ever hear that? I have. doesn't exist in the Bible, so we, we can't have it here or anywhere else. Not really. Do you have an elder that's a man that's been an elder for a long time that the elders look up to and respect and go to him with, to, with other questions? Of course. But that's not a ruling elder. That's not the one that gets hears what all the elder elders say, then they make a final decision overruling half of them. No, no. That's, that's not the eldership, friends. The elders are to do things as the eldership in perfect harmony. There's no chairman. Uh, you know, they have unanimous agreement. You can have a chairman. You have somebody that leads a meeting, uh, elders' meetings. Because it's very nice to have a meeting that's kind of organized, so you're not there for, you know, if you don't have things laid out and organized, it turns into a gab session, uh, which takes half the night, and that doesn't work either. So you can have somebody that's organized that leads the meeting very nicely, but that should be, be passed around between different elders. Well, I want to get to... Jesse's conclusion. But I want you to read all these other things that are in between. On page 14 is where his conclusion is at. And I think he does a wonderful job with this, this conclusion. And um, that's why I wanted everybody to have a copy of this. I do have one more copy, um, but we can make more copies. I want you to read through this occasionally. Keep it someplace you won't lose it because it talks about the scriptures are in here too. So let me read it and we'll consider it. So in conclusion, Jesse, Brother Jesse Mills, who by the way has a number of degrees in uh, Christian education and uh, psychology, if you will. <clears throat> he says, if these requirements appear to be too rigid, just take time to consider them and see which one that the Christian should not possess. And that's very key. Look at all these uh, issues and Titus and Timothy concerning the eldership and the deacons and even their wives look at them and see if this isn't really the way that Christian people should be in general. 
Now, there's one, the idea of desiring to be an elder. Not every man has the desire to be an elder in the church, and that's, that's fine. Why not, you know, grant them the, the, the liberty to make that decision on their own? Do we, are we upset with because every man, every boy that's a Christian doesn't become a preacher? No. So we should think the same with the elders and the deacons. Recognizing that an elder cannot be a novice. He cannot become an elder by simply being in the church for two or three years and become an elder. A Christian becomes a Christian at baptism provided his heart is contrite. There is not a thing required in his character that is not also required of every Christian. The elder is required to already have these things developed in his life to a greater degree than the average Christian. Because he is older in the faith, older in years, and should have developed wisdom, that's the reason why an elder is an elder. Every Christian is to be a teacher, as it says in Hebrews and Titus and on it goes. But an elder should be apt to teach, a gifted teacher, and familiar with all the scriptures. If this were not true, how could he teach at all? So familiar that he is able to convict the one in error and put them to shame. He must at the same time be truthful teaching, being able to be to exhort and convince. It should never be thought that the word blameless means sinless or faultless. No man is faultless. It simply means that the man should possess irreproachable conduct in his manner of life and in, his, in the upbringing of his children, and last but not least, be recognized <coughs> Excuse me. By all the people as honest, that is, all the people out, even outside of the church, as an upright and dependable Christian man, not lording it over the charge allotted to him, but one who seeks to know what the Lord wants of him instead of trying to force the, what the Lord says what he wishes. If a congregation goes wrong, For lack of knowledge, the elders are at fault. And by the way, will be held in fault by the Lord himself. In just the same way that Israel went into exile, it was their fault, not God's. And it was the priests of Israel and the teachers of Israel and the the king of Israel that caused the people to sin and to eventually being taken into exile and conquered by that that's that's the picture you want a picture of how the congregation can fail study the history of Israel that was the congregation of the old covenant see what caused them trouble and you'll find that the eldership in the Lord's church is to keep that from happening in the, in the uh, different groups. It has not been my intention to personally attack any elder or elders in any way except through the truth and to point out to all elders 
and to point out to all elders are subject to the influence of great change in our Lord's church. I, I plead for those who are determined to serve God not to be led into the lake of fire by those rotten apples who are determined to destroy the Lord's church through change. Now, what does he mean by that? Um, a friend of mine and a great preacher, Brother uh, um, Carson, uh, what was his name? Uh, Joe Carson Smith. Joe Carson Smith. He was a preacher up in Scottsdale. He founded the Mesa Christian Church um, uh, and others, including the Scottsdale Christian Church. But he wrote an article on change. And he was talking about change within the church. To simply have change in the church without any real reason for it, just change for change's sake, or change to become modern, you know. Uh, now, change would be like that screen up there. Well, that's a change. 200 years ago, they didn't have that screen with the scripture on it. So there must be something wrong with that screen, right? No, that's, that's a good change. But changes, you know, we have to think about the changes we make. Are the changes going to benefit or are they going to tear down? Are they going to minimize? Are they going to weaken? Water down the truth. Those are the kind of changes that people like to make. Uh, that the eldership is, is mandated to prevent the Lord's church, the Lord's way, the apostolic principles, common sense, and most of all, the love of God in their heart. That's what the eldership is supposed to be. So a man with the love of God in his heart, he can do these tasks. He can keep the people safe from falsehood. You do a study of falsehood in the church, and you're going to find, you're going to find that the very beginning of a false doctrine, somebody tried to do a good thing to resolve a problem. That's how it usually starts. That's how it starts. Unfortunately, it, it keeps it erodes away from the sound teaching, and the, always it's always the same reason. Well, this is a modern society, and it doesn't match up to the way it was back in Palestine or, or Greece or Asia Minor. So we got a new culture. We got to do things differently. No, no, not according to the church, not according to God's word. People are people. You study the nature of people. You find that we've always been the same. We're the same. Go to a family reunion. You want to see people the same as the people that came? They're all the same. They start. They are the same kind of people. They even look a little alike. That's how it is. And within the church, we can survive doing the Lord do it the Lord's way. And the elders are there to make sure that that is accomplished. So I want you to to read. Um, also the passages in Timothy chapter 3 
1 through 13, Acts 6, 1 through 6, and Acts 14, 21 through 23. I'll uh, uh, print these. I think I'll print a sheet out on this, and I'll have it back on the table so you can have this with your other information. Um, all things concerning leadership within the Lord's people. Leadership in the church isn't our idea. This isn't a club activity to have leaders, president, vice president, on and on. This is the Lord's way. Don't confuse the two. You can't mix men's government and the church's polity. You try to mix them up, you're going to have disaster on both sides. Keep the Lord's church the Lord's way. And if you do that well enough, and if we did that as a people in the whole world globally, our governments would represent the church government. And we'd be a whole lot better off. But we're not showing them the way, friends. We're showing them the weak side. And we don't want to show the weak side. We want to show them the strength. How do you live together? How do you manage things? That's what David was doing here years ago with how can we live together? How can we learn together? How can we do it as people? You've got to have the structure. When you have the structure, you're probably going to be able to do it. Those would be my comments for today. Thank you for your attention. And um, I'll try to get that other sheet made back there. If anybody needs another one of these, uh, we'll make some copies and put, have them back there also. Read it. I just want you to read it. Read it through once. It'll probably cause you to read it through again sometime and see what Jesse Mills has to say. Um, you can't look him up on the Internet anymore because Alex, uh, we tried to, and his page is gone. He had a wonderful page. He even had videos on there. He had some good lessons. Uh, I'm just, I'm so, it's just too bad. You see, there was nobody to pick up for him. Let's not let that happen to the Lord's church. Those would be my comments. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.